the system is so easy to follow. You have somebody come in, they can't lunge, no problem. I've got 17 other movements that we can swap in there to not only replace the lunge if other people are lunging, but to help work you up to a lunge. And I'm not guessing, and I'm not Googling, and I'm not you know, following any kind of like unicorn dreams. It's just all laid out. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another amazing episode of The Fitness Line Down Podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Craig. Today, you know her, you love her. Her name is Lena Midla. She is sitting in second chair today, as it's just good to bounce ideas off people. So I try to get Lena on as much as I can because I find out that this podcast actually does better when it's not just me hanging out by myself. And it even does better than that when Lena gets to join us. So Lena, congratulations on joining us again for, I don't know, is this your third time on this uh, podcast? This is, I'm expecting to get a sweatshirt by my fifth appearance though. Oh, um, let me look at inventory. I might find one your size. Um, anyway, so I am rushing this. Today is Today is actually Wednesday, May 4th. So May the 4th, right? And normally I have a whole bunch of podcasts in queue, ready to go, and I still have some, but I wanted to rush this one out because we just participated in an amazing experience this weekend. Um, Fitness line down here, the best gym ever. I might be a little biased, but it is also the truth. We hosted a DVRT level one and two certification this weekend where we had, man, we had an amazing time. We had a lot of great people. And we had fitness enthusiasts and we had fitness professionals. We had some therapists. Um, It was just all the way around, well-rounded. So I want to talk a little bit with Lena about this experience, what we observed, how we could see DVRT, you know, through talking through our regular clients. And what I mean by regular clients is because no client here at Fitness Line Down is a regular person, but a person that might not be making a living off of slinging sand like we do. So Lena, the first thing, you know, we talked about the five random things. Well, we're going to start playing a little game called five highlights. So I want to talk about the five highlights of this weekend for you. And they could deal with a certification. They could deal without the certification. You drove all the way from Chicago to lacrosse, which I'm honored. And I just think, you know, Johnny flew up from California. We had a couple of guys come from Utah. We had um, William come from Western Minnesota. So we had people that actually traveled to be here. So I'm very honored and humbled that people actually did that. But you driving all the way up here, I want you to start the game. I'll I'll help join. I'll join in a highlight of the weekend for you. Gosh, I would say one of the big highlights of, of the weekend for me personally was seeing the amount of strength in in the room and especially in the in the female class um it was really humbling um to see gosh how, how many women did we have uh do clean and press test with a 60 pound bag two two yeah i've never seen that before and and this is my i think my third or, or fourth opportunity um to be part of a uh, DVRT level one, level two certification weekend. Um, and it's just, it gives me chills to see people moving with strength and grace. And, um, I I don't know, that for me was like a big highlight to watch the clean and press test this time around. Yes, I was, it's hard not to get jacked up. Like before the clean and press test happens, I'm, I got sweaty palms. Like I just go back to my day when I did it. And I'm just like, oh, you know, and, and then part of me is always thinking, hey, you know, I should do it with them. <laughs> and then, then the morning happens and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do it with them. Uh, I'm going to do it on my terms. And I do. I, I actually, at some point, I do want to revisit that clean and press test for myself. Um, I did it. Obviously, I did it the first time to get certified, which I believe was like 2015, 2016. I forget. And then I actually did it on my 40th birthday, which was 2019. And, um, I do remember that the second round of the clean and press test for me, believe it or not, obviously not surprising was actually more easy is not the word. 
efficient. I was a better mover. I was stronger than when I first did it because of all the training I've done. But anyway, I digress. I'm going to say that my one of the highlights for me is the fact that we not not our coaches, not the you know we had three FLD coaches here because their job depended on it. Um, <laughs> because I'm their boss, we had ultimately six clients join in. Um, well, one client joined in on day one. And then we had five clients that joined day one and two. I mean, for me, that was, it was nerve wracking actually to begin with. But in retrospect, as I kind of dwell upon the weekend now, you know, I've had some time to reflect and we're going to talk about this a little bit later as I'm very grateful for so many reasons that they showed up. So that's my highlight. I want to bounce it back to you. A little tennis, a little volleying over back and forth. Um, I mean, a highlight for me is, is always, I feel like, first of all, being in the fitness industry, we speak, uh, quote unquote, foreign language to begin with. Um, we, we, things that are interesting and exciting for us is different than for, uh, an average person. Um, but on top of that, we speak such a specialized language of fitness that any opportunity to get with like-minded individuals who are doing really cool things in the space and asking really good questions and offering how things work differently where they're at, working with different populations and different markets with different sized gyms and resources and, and to see how DVRT can come alive in all of those different environments. Um, that's really, that that's what um, sends me home really excited about continuing to, to move forward. Right. Um, I'm going to say as the fourth highlight, my second one was Friday night when I got to open up my home to you, Johnny and Scott, and we just enjoyed some dinner, some drinks and some Dutch blitz. So that was, I quite enjoyed it. And for anybody out there, this is kind of my big high right now. You got it. You, <laughs> you were sitting there playing this game, Dutch blitz, um, which is in a fantastic game. And I will totally blame faith our coach for introducing me to this game. And then I introduced it to my kids. And basically every night it's like, dad, can we play Dutch blitz? And absolutely. Why would we not? So we're sitting here playing. And I think did Scott order it too? I don't know if he ended up ordering it just yet, but I ordered that. And I ordered the other, one of the other games that we played. Tenzi? No, or not did Tenzi, you order spot uh, it? Spot, spot it. it. <laughs> so, I mean, we're just sitting here playing and Lena busts out her phone, which is so dangerous with an Amazon app. It's like, okay, I'm going to buy it, uh, but it doesn't cost much and it is exciting. So I just like that, you know, us hanging out and just chill out. I love it. So that was a big highlight for me. All right. You're, you're in to end the five highlights. Um, I guess this is, it's on the smaller side, but I think it's, also really valuable, um, actually coming to fitness lying down for the certification, um, was a highlight in and of itself because, you know, sometimes certifications just happen in, in gyms where there's space and we don't necessarily have all the bags we want, or, you know, I think one of the ones we did recently, they didn't have mini bands. And so we had to like improvise that piece, but being in uh, fitness lying down where, you know, we had access to all the bags you could ever want or need for a demo. Um, and I think especially uh, the work this time around with a core strap was actually really helpful for me because I have a core strap, um, but seeing how you use it in your gym with your clients and with a lot of the movement patterns uh, we were working on this weekend uh, that was really, that was a fun highlight for sure. Yes. I, and maybe I should post more things about our core straps because yeah. honestly, I almost program core straps as much as I do around the world. Um, it's one of those things. And then sometimes we only have four core straps and we might have five needs for it at one time. So we have to kind of jumble it around and then I'm like, maybe I should not program them as much, but then it, the best gets of me. And I'm just like, I got, I have to, like our clients deserve the core straps. Um, you know, and the, I guess maybe a sixth highlight, it always is, is just getting to meet new people, seeing people's faces light up when those aha moments happen. I mean, this is one reason why I love instruction and I love teaching the DVRT system. Um, the best way that I know how, as I mentioned at one of the uh, Q and A's is they might've gotten a whole different flavor. They would have gotten all the fundamental DVRT knowledge if they would have been with another instructor but they got to see how we use it and how we use it in our own gym. 
And I think like that, and I mean, we have some staying power when it comes to DVRT. And so I feel like we have, have a little, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know seniority. I don't know what the word is, but we have a little credibility. We have some, we have some sand cred to help out. And just to be able to show people that and just those simple cues. I mean, how many times hands and feet and people are like, wow, that made a big difference. <laughs> it's just, it is that simple, but yet it is, it's more than that. Because I will say this, you know, some people think that DVRT is overly complicated. And I'm going to say this to somebody, reading is overly complicated. But what did you have to do? You had to learn the alphabet. You had to learn phonetics. And this is DVRT. You have to learn and you have to keep practicing. You have to continue reading in order to be a good reader. You know, I just can't sit there and say, well, I, I don't feel like reading today, so I'm not going to read. And so I, I think that's what DVRT is for me. Is I mean, anything that is worth doing is going to be somewhat complicated in the beginning. But we have to keep practicing. And we have to keep honing in our skills. And, you know, as I told everybody on level one, we're going to do a simple hip hinge, which is the deadlift, but we're not going to just skim over it. Like it's not important. Let's get back to the fundamentals. Let's find out what's all about this so that we can continue building that. And even our clients came back and said, it's so funny how, how helpful that was to just revisit the deadlift, because honestly, it's not something we do a lot with many of our senior clients are, are more efficient sandbaggers, right? It's definitely one that we teach people in the beginning, but as we talk about all the time, not all deadlifts are hip hinges. No, no, wait. <laughs> all deadlifts are hip hinges, but not all hip hinges are deadlifts. <laughs> oh, I'm still like, as much as I get excited, I, I, I'm just still a little, a little off my rocker when it comes to my mental stability, trying to comb back in. So for you, I definitely appreciated you and Johnny being there and helping and helping to coach because having 15 other people there definitely made a big difference in regards to making sure everybody was attended to well. What do you think, like, what do you think one of the big, big experiences for people was? I mean, was it learning the fundamentals? Was it being able to build, build off the fundamentals? Like, what do you think was the big aha moment for some of those uh, professionals that we had? And not even professionals, but the enthusiasts. Yeah. Um... I think that for, for those who I, I actually like, it breaks down into different groups of, of people. I think, I think there were some who attended who, um, you know, super fit individuals, like live in the, the fit life, really getting kind of humbled by the bags and like really excited about the prospect of, of that. And, you know, I, I think about myself in my twenties when I was, um, really into crossfitting and like had all the time in the world to spend at the gym and like being super into iron, uh, and, and whatnot. And thinking that's like, I'm, I'm and not feeling like, so as broken down in, in my early twenties, but it, had I been exposed to this, I think I would have been like incredibly excited about the, the efficiency and just like how much it can actually kick your butt. Um, no matter what shape you're in. Um, so that was a cool thing to see. I, I saw, I think from, from your clients, a new appreciation and understanding of why they're doing certain movements, like really like the why behind it, I think really came out um, for them. And then uh, for some of the other, you know, smaller gym owners that came in, I think one of the big light bulbs was like, how do you make a DVRT gym specifically for small and large group training work. What does that actually look like? What does that boil down to? Uh, because it is unique and it isn't something that you can just walk into any city, any state and, and find a sandbag gym. You know, it, it's a very different kind of culture. And I think that for, for some of the attendees was really like, oh, wow. So this is how you do it. Um, and it makes it feel a lot more doable um, and tangible. Right. And it's funny that you talk about that because I know we've had a couple of clients leave us in the past because they had to move and they've moved to bigger cities. And they're like, is there any gym like yours in Minneapolis? You know, and it's like, I don't think so. And I know for a DVRT wise, I don't know any DVRT professionals out there. So it's just, they're always thinking, wow, I can't believe like something like this belong or not. Well, it does belong, but something like this exists in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And 
it is, you know, again, with the clients, I'm going to tell you right now, like, I love talking to the fitness professionals. I love rubbing elbows with them and kind of trying to give them as much as I could in regards to knowledge. And let's just be easy on the word wisdom, but having the clients there. And I mean, all five, well, we had six clients. And the funny thing about one of those clients is that she was down in Chicago in 2019 with us for level one and two. And she decided to do level one again, just because it was available and it was near her and she was able to get some continuing education. Like that's, that's incredible that you would redo just a level. I mean, obviously for the continuing education, but then she told me, I saw her today and she's like, I still picked up some nuggets. You know, I learned some things. It was great. But then there's also the energy, right? I mean, just, you've got all the people in there together. I, there was a lot of energy. That was so much fun. But then you got our other, you know, so I, I want to include our person that was there for level one, but the other people that were there, only one person, this is what just knocks me down. Only one person of our clientele out of six has not been here for over five years. So we had five people here that have been over here, like have been over five years old at Fitness Lying Down. And these are the people that are huge fans, not just of Fitness Lying Down, but of DVRT. And this is what kind of gets me, got me worried is I teach them all this stuff. I feel like in these sessions, you know, they come in, they train with me two, three days a week. I'm, I'm imparting as much knowledge as I can in these sessions, but how much different it was to actually have an environment of education where it wasn't just, here's your workout, you know, I'm going to coach you, but now I can really go more in depth. And I think with that, I found some of our clients that might've been hesitant about certain drills. So one, I just remember one of our clients, I'm not going to name names is not, she's, I don't know, terrified, but she does not ever want to do around the worlds. She says it feels a little claustrophobic for her and it feels a little goofy on her shoulder. And then what happened? She's doing around the worlds now because this is a better environment for her to learn in. Um, and then she's got the proper coaching, different things like this. And then one of our clients too, because of her trade, she does a lot of body work. She's very sensitive about her wrists. And so she didn't want, you know, for the longest time now, for almost two years, we've been keeping her from actually putting her hands on the ground and grabbing. So we'll give her different implements if she's going to be on the floor um, to keep like some kind of pressure or sometimes she's on her fist, but she's just worried about overdoing it on her wrists. And then now she was on her wrist doing some pretty advanced moves. And she said she felt really strong doing them. So this is great because it opens the door for me for more training opportunities for these people that we're going to be able to not, not just throw everything in there right now, but just slowly increment some of this stuff into their slowly feed it into their programs. And then one of my favorite parts too, is the fact like how many, how many of the fitness professionals are sitting there watching our clients go through this stuff amazed, you know, like these are again, real people. These are people that they're not trained professionals. I mean, they just, they come to the gym. They're so bought into the gym. They're so bought into the system, but how strong, as you mentioned, you know, all of them female and how absolutely strong they are, not just in the clean and press test, but in all the movements, all, especially day two, day two is just insane with all the planes of motion and the different movement patterns that it was fun to watch the fitness professionals just kind of in awe of these clients. What do you think? I, I mean, I completely, I completely agree. Uh, and I think it really also speaks to the efficacy of the system and, and that it truly is for everybody. Like it, it's, it's doable. Um, and, you know, I, I think when it comes to some of the, the blockers that some of, uh, a couple of your clients had, I actually had the good fortune of working with one of your clients on her ATWs over the weekend, because it was a movement that pained me initially as well. And it can be scary if you, if you don't feel like you know what you're doing, but I think for your clients really what, um, what shifted for them over the weekend is I think they moved from being a client to sitting in the driver's seat and yeah. having a different perspective. And so there's a different level of like trust of themselves yeah. in that environment. Like you created a very solid environment of just try it, try it and, and, and then ask questions and make mistakes and that's okay. Um, and, and creating that like play space um, and giving people permission to fail but also, you know, reminding us about the fundamentals, use your hands, use your feet, 
you know, this is how this movement should be set up. This is how it should feel. I think it changed the, um, the environment for, for people who even, you know, coming in and training with you is an incredibly, I mean, I train with you weekly. It's an incredibly playful and safe space. Um, but I think the role that they were playing over the weekend of um, stepping into being their own trainer and mm-hmm. their their own professionalism um, maybe gave them the courage that they needed to try some things differently. Oh, I love how you worded that because yeah, absolutely. And I'm almost looking forward. I think you know one of those things. Maybe I don't know if any like fitness professionals out there are, like listening and thinking you just gave all your clients, all your tips and tricks and secrets. And, you know, the thing is, is I, I, you know, you kind of get that feeling in the beginning, like before all this happens, you know, first of all, the feeling I had was, I think I've already told them everything and whatever I tell them now, it's like, most people think, well, if they're going to know all this information, why don't they just grab a couple of bags and, you know, they'll leave the gym because it's going to be a lot more affordable for them. (laughs) Right. Um, Now that they've got this information, they don't need me anymore. And to, to actually come out of it looking even smarter because here I am. And the thing, you know, I think we could both agree is that all this DVRT knowledge is out there. You know, you could, you could go and you could purchase the online manual for level one and two. You can go through it. You can pass it. But the information, the knowledge isn't enough. You know, you need, you need the ability. You know, there's the science, but then there's also the art of what we do. And then also building that culture. And that's the exciting part about, build. I mean, I basically, I just feel like I'm just praising fitness line down and DVRT, but it's true. You know, we can actually make a successful experience for people. We can make strength attainable, like a really foundational, fundamental strength that you need. And the word I keep throwing on is sustainable. And that's what the DVRT system offers. Like I mentioned, all these clients minus one have been over here, have been with us for over five years. And that's just like, a tip of the iceberg of our clientele and how long they last. And it's because we offer them that ability to keep the consistency by being sustainable. I think about how many, how many times I've, I mentioned this a few times, I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the podcast, it's like musical chairs of gyms. I'm going to go do this program for a few weeks. Okay. I'm getting either bored, tired, burnt out or injured. So now I'm going to go over to that gym, do that for six weeks, go to that gym. The, before you know it, you're back to the original gym and you're just going to keep going. But what if you had a place that could continue moving you towards your fitness goals, achieving your fitness goals and creating even bigger fitness goals and doing it in a matter where you're not injured. I can't tell you, I don't remember the last person to ever like get injured in my gym. And I've had a lot of people that have come to the gym injured and we've been able to work with it. You know, I think Kathy mentioned that Oops, I named a name, but that's okay. Um, you know, that she came in with a broken foot. And, you know, she took one week off, she came in, we started working out, we started training uh, through all that. And that made her healing process go a little bit quicker, I would believe the recovery was stronger as a result of the training. Um, The one thing is I continue to praise our clients, because they do, they deserve all the praise, because they're invested, not just the clients that what, of course, the clients that come in to train with us, but also the clients that came to the certification to give the fitness professionals their side of the story. You know, if you think about some of the questions, one of the questions in particular is somebody that does, and I don't want to, I don't want to make barbells seem like the enemy. Um, it's just, if that's your flavor, you know, barbell away, if that's what you do. But uh, this person seems to be torn. Like they want to do barbells, but they also want to incorporate DVRT. And I don't know if ultimately they want to just do all DVRT and all sandbags and, you know, just, the kettlebells and things like that. I just, I don't feel like the barbell has a place in the DVRT universe. And I think the big wigs at HQ would tell me I was correct. But to hear him ask some of these questions about being nervous of leaving the barbell to go to DVRT and more sandbag based training. And then to hear our clients respond, you know, what did you think about that moment? Cause you were there and just to have them, I mean, I joked about it, but it's true. I should have just had a camera and mic going because they just said so many great things that could be used for so many wonderful advertisements to the gym. But how did you feel when you get like the client's perspective of what we do here talking to the fitness professionals? Yeah, I mean, that was that was incredibly valuable. And, and I think one of the things, um, one of the questions or one of the fears, I should say, that came up was like, 
you know, when you change things and your clients seem to be really into this one thing, like how do you ensure that you don't lose all of your clients when you're, you're moving towards something that like you're passionate about that you think is going to make more sense for you, for your business, for your clients? How do you not alienate them or, you know, manage that shift and that change? And I get that. That's, that's really scary, especially when people come through your door is your bread and butter and how, how you make a living. Um, and having, you know, I, I think we had a couple of other professionals in the space who were saying, Hey, I went through that or I'm going through that and it went fine. This is how I did it. Um, but then hearing your clients talk about like, no, this is, this is the thing. Like, this is what I came here for. I used to be a barbell person. I used to go to these other places. Um, and this is really, you know, I've been here for four years, five years, six years. I'm Corey's original client, whatever it is. Um, I think it helps to reinforce that, like, this isn't a fad, like this isn't like the flavor of the month that you picked up for the gym. You didn't go to a conference, pick up some new tools, use them for a month or so, and then move on to the next thing. Um, and so I think that, um, like, it's one thing for you to say it. I think it's powerful when you hear a, another business owner who's gone through this a little bit later, be like, Hey, I transitioned to this style and it's, it's been working really well, but I think it's exceptionally powerful hearing it from the perspective of the people you're implementing this onto, mm -hmm. um, and, and how they see it because fitness professionals inherently, we're going to see things differently than our clients do. Oh, for sure. You know, unless you're interviewing your clients regularly to find out what they want, you just kind of feel like you know what they need, right? And now they just got a perspective of like, well, I don't know how clients would feel about this. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got five, six people saying, um, no, this is, this is what we love. This is, this is everything that's, you know, we're stronger, we're more mobile, we're, you know, we, we have better balance. We could do things that we couldn't do before. Not, not inside the gym, but outside the gym. Things that they would just never really think about. Now it's like they have all the confidence. They have the freedom to move with strength. And I think that that, yes, that's invaluable and I'm grateful for that. And that's why it's just like, I can understand, you know, we talk about this. I, I hope that nobody left the day one and two certification with exercises because if they're all they're bringing back to their gyms are exercises. I probably didn't do a good enough job. You know, I want them to go back with that knowledge of being able to problem solve you know, can you progress? Can you regress an exercise? Can you actually solve somebody's? And I think there were some great questions about that. I remember the one, you know, and as much as I talk about the glory of all our clients, we do have clients that we actually don't physically lunge because they can't do it. You know, they might be 60, 70 years old and lunging is just not an option for them. So when is asked, what are some things that you would do instead of there, you know, to, to impart that knowledge of, well, don't get caught up on the actual movement pattern of stepping. There's other things that you can do to create that strength in such an unstable environment because the stepping lunge, whether we go side, back, forward, is instability. So being able to practice that, being able to train that in different positions, like this is what DVRT offers is those better solutions. Because if all I had did was tell people that I can't lunge to keep lunging and let's just hope something better happens, I get fired and I don't get it. I don't have a job anymore. So it was, and that was the one thing too. I just know after doing, I forget how many of these certifications I've done is this was a really well-rounded, like very inquisitive group of people. Like, I love the questions that were flying out. I love the, yeah, but if that works, then what about this? And I mean, you could just see the wheels turning in people's brains. Uh, and I think about the ability to bring that back and to start, using it for yourself. As I talk to people, like start practicing this stuff on your own, because by practicing DVRT, as we talk about, like with reading, right. I can't help you to understand the letters. If I don't know how to read the better you can get it, the better you can be able to coach it. Right. And so when you're like, what, what is it that you took out of the weekend, Lena, that you're bringing back? Maybe like, was there any like little nugget that you got after being so immersed in DVRT for as long as you have? Oh yeah. I mean, I, that's why I come back time after time is because I always pick up new nuggets of, um, information. And it's like, you know, it's like showering, like just because you shower once doesn't mean you're clean forever. You got to keep showering. 
Oh, shoot. Um, that's, so, that's a thing, huh? <laughs> um, so I think the couple of big things that I took um, from the weekend was, first of all, like, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in setting things up quickly and just moving to the next thing. So for me, I just kind of like reset my, right. We're not in a rush when I'm working with a client, we're going to still set everything up each and every time. Um, I think that there's exercises that I think are harder to coach and sometimes I'll avoid them. Um, so that I don't have to go about coaching them. Um, but I got back to like, I think two of my clients this week so far have had, um, uh, bear hug pivots with the core strap. Um, and so kind of, I always feel like whenever I, whenever I take a uh, class at FLD and especially after weekends like this, I get reminders about like basics that can be made exciting again. And you know, on, on a slight tan- tangential note, you know, and just kind of reflecting about the weekend, it really was amazing. I think if you asked every person there, everyone was excited to try every one of the exercises. So even though you're not bringing home a bunch of exercises, like what other system of movement are you like, Oh, I can't wait to try that one. I want to try that one. I want to see what that feels like. Right. Um, and I think this is a, this is a weird aha to have. Like, I think on some level I've known it, but really it came to the forefront for me this weekend was like, exercise doesn't just have to always feel hard. It's allowed to feel good. Um, and sometimes we program exercises not to murder you, not to, um, you know, uh, turn up your metabolic rate and help you torch fat, but because they feel good. And, and that's, you know, moving well and feeling good. I think those are like some of the most important things we can do for people is allow them to experience those things, especially in their training. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I talk about like chasing the feelings, like if you're, so I just had this conversation with somebody today, it was actually a really good conversation because she did something, something to her abdomen running. So we were, we were doing body saws were scheduled for today. And she started doing them. She's like, Ooh, this reminds me. I pulled a muscle in my stomach and she's like, I just like to stretch. And you know, she's stretching her abdomen, but what is she having to do to stretch? She has to really curve her back. Right now you might have that feeling of the stretch, but is that really a, a realistic stretch? Are you, are you getting anything out of that? Because you have to really contort your body and you're putting your body in an unreasonable position and so I mentioned to her, I think one of the better stretches that she could do for her abdomen, now I could be totally wrong, is I told her to do a hip bridge with the ultimate sandbag using like that lift and chop. So while you're lying on your back, as you're bridging up, as those hips rise up, because everybody knows now those hips only come up because your feet are pressing down to the ground, but I digress, that you're, you're moving that bag in a diagonal line from your hip over your shoulder. So you got this nice stretch, but as you're getting that stretch, your pelvis is neutral, your back, your spine is in line. And she was telling me when she was doing that, she's like, well, I don't feel the stretch as much. And I'm like, well, don't chase the stretch. We know that when we extend our hips, there's a certain stretch that happens. You know, once you start overstretching, I think that's where flexibility sometimes it can become the enemy is when we try to overdo it to feel like that end range of motion. When really, I don't think there's a realistic approach to that. I think a lot of that stretching stuff is based on stability. Uh, but once again, I digress. So chasing that feeling, and we had that question brought up by a client, right? I'm trying to remember how the question went, but how do you, how do you talk to somebody that says, I'm not sore enough? <laughs> it's like people, I, but I get it. I get it. And I think when people are asking about not being sore enough, it's our own fault as fitness professionals. You know, we've, we've led them down this path of, you have to get killed and annihilated in each session in order to know that you did a good job. But what happens when you meet that crazy guy at that gym who actually celebrates the fact that you're not sore? You know, I, people be like, you know, people come in after the first couple of sessions. I'm like, how you feeling? Like, I'm not as sore as I thought I would be. I'm like, great. That's wonderful because you shouldn't be, you know, there should be a little bit of soreness because we move different body parts, different ways than you had before but there's no reason why you have to be debilitated in your soreness. There's no reason why you have to curse your trainer 
every time you go sit down to go to the bathroom. Now, I say that with an asterisk because there are some times where I kind of unload on a few clients once in a while, and but they like it. But we do it smartly. We're not just going gung-ho, all out, you know, brutally savaging them in their session. We do it with smartness. But as you mentioned, like, there's plenty of times where I told people, you don't have to feel like you're going beast mode on this. Appreciate the fact that you move with efficiency, that it's not going to be, and we can always challenge things more, but think about this, when you're learning those fundamental patterns, so going back to the deadlift with the hip hinge, what happens if I give you too much input? Maybe I give you too heavy of a bag where you have to start compensating, right? You have your shoulders start rounding a little bit, or you you get a little too squatty to lift the, the sandbag. Well, you're not learning. You're, you're just performing a task, but you're not actually learning the intent of that hinge. So when we're doing something as, as delicate as rotation, because rotation in that pivot foot, I mean, I could talk all day about that, and sometimes I do, but it's good to just get that efficiency where it's like, whoa, okay, I, I feel good. I feel smooth doing this. Great, because now when we start adding a hip hinge to your rotation, or how amazing is this, right? We have that 135-pound sandbag. We had a couple of guys go over there and shoulder it, which was impressive, and then rotate with that bag on the one shoulder. I mean, that, it's not a hard movement now, but because of that, all that weight on that one side, all that offset weight, man, when you pivot, your abdomen has to respond to that. It was just fun. It was just watching fun. It was fun watching people play. And that's basically what it was, playing with instruction. Here's some guidelines. Make some mistakes, because that's the only way people are going to learn. People are not going to learn if I hover over them and never, ever allow them to make a mistake. Now, once again, we never put somebody in a position of injury. So as I've talked about before, if I'm sitting here training somebody and I got somebody else over there and they're hip hinging and it looks like they're about to, you know, they could die from the hip hinge they're about to perform. I tell them to stop. I'll be over there. And as I mentioned this weekend, Usually when I tell somebody to stop doing something, they're always like, yeah, I thought I was doing that wrong. (laughs) So why let them continue doing something totally wrong that could injure them? But I don't mind people making, you know, if I see somebody not holding onto the bag correctly, then I just come back to them after they're done. Great job because I'm a sandwich kind of guy. Great job. Here's what we could do different. Let's keep the party rolling. And then all of a sudden, because now they can compare how they did it previously to how they're doing with a little bit of correction, all the difference. Now, I want to hit upon a point. I want to find out what you thought. Thinking about coaching, how did we help to simplify coaching for people? I asked you all the questions that I already had the answers to, and you didn't know that was coming. But I'm just curious <laughs> because I know you're, you're, such a, you're such an observer and you soak a lot of things in. So, you know, meaning like, think about how you used to coach before DVRT. Like what really changed in your coaching? Um, I mean, I think that like, we have a secret weapon in that, like, uh, hands and feet. Like if you, if you cue the hands and the feet, a lot of things resolve themselves. Um, I think a lot of, um, where you're sending your energy, how you're creating tension is part of our coaching cues. So, you know, grabbing the ground with your feet, push your shoulder forward, you know, hundred percent of your weight in your flat foot, hundred percent of your weight in the ball of the opposing foot, just like where, where, I guess it's those external cues, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not draw the belly button in or squeeze your butt. It's how are you in contact with an implement? How are you in contact with the ground? Um, how are you moving your, your body through space that really, um, integrates a lot of it. And I think a big part of that, I was talking actually with William about this, um, over the weekend. One of my favorite things about DBRT is that the, and, and to be honest, the actual ultimate sandbag itself is that it is so it, it's a somatic experience. You move from it being a thinking exercise to like, the integration of the whole body working together. And it's not something that you have to plan from your brain, you know? And I think that we spend so much time in our daily lives now really focused on our intellect and on thinking exercises. And what do you think? And, um, 
we lose that connection to proprioception, to like our somatic senses, to the way things integrate and feel. Um, and rather than thinking your way through a bird dog, like actually setting it up and like seeing someone's eyes light up because they feel, oh, you don't have to tell me about the connection because I feel that connection. <laughs> and I don't really have to explain it because also I feel it. Um, and I think that's something that I see in the coaching a lot is that it's so much more integrated and tangible and easy because it's, it's, it's not an intellectual exercise. Well, that's, and coaching has become simplified that way. Um, it's not like simpleton. It's just been simplified that, and how much easier my job has been by having it so simple that the fact that I tell you, grab onto the bag as hard as you can pull the handle as hard as you can. Okay. And, you know, we talked about some of those little tips and tricks to keep the feet engaged, because as we know, a lot of people, they still struggle to understand how their feet should have a relationship with the floor. So using those mini bands, things like this, but the simplicity of even from across the room, I mean, you could tell if somebody's actually properly engaged with their implement, whether it be a kettlebell or sandbag or lever bell or band that you can just say, Hey, grab tighter. And they just, they're like, Oh yeah, right. It was feeling kind of not so good. That's what I, that's what I truly appreciate about this because I just remember back in the day trying to get somebody to find their neutral pelvis as they're standing, you know, they might have that anterior tilt. So they're kind of, if you will, spilling the water out the front, um, which is more common. I was gonna say there's a posterior, posterior tilt, but that really doesn't happen too much. There's a lot more anterior tilt. So now you're trying to get somebody, but now they're almost overly, you know, by all this hands-on stuff, like fitness coaching should not have the only hands on for fitness coaching are high fives. That's the only time you should be touching your client. Um, and that was a hard thing for me in the beginning, because I'm just like trying to, you know, I'm showing people with my hands and my hips and I'm like, here, let me do it to you. And they still couldn't get it. Why? Because I wasn't, they didn't have that internal feedback or, well, you know, we're talking about the external cues and those external cues gives them that internal feedback. We're like, okay, that feels different. I feel more structured. And most commonly, you know, what happens, like I talked about that anterior tilt of the pelvis is what I find is people think they're standing up tall when they're actually rocked back. You know, their shoulders are back. They're kind of arching their, their rib cage, their chest is up and they feel like that's straight. And then all of a sudden you put them in a straight position and that feels totally different. However, it feels stronger for them when they perform like an overhead press or anything else. So it's really fun to watch coaches start to get it. Like, I don't need to say so many words to get somebody in the right position. I just have to cue all this. And then in that instance, like how much more your client looks at you and thinks, wow, you're really smart. You know what you're doing. I had that instant where one of the coaches, you know, in all the groups, people have like, there's an exerciser. And then there's like maybe a couple of coaches, you know, making sure that things are done right. And it's just good to practice the coaching. It's not just good to practice the exercises and performing them. But to give you the ability to look and see what needs to be a, a attended to, that's the word I'm trying to say. And so one time, um, one of the coaches was just like verbally going, you know, person obviously knows what they're talking about. There's no doubt about it. Um, they're just talking about this and that and blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, okay, we're, we're a bunch of fitness professionals talking here, but are you going to talk to your client like that? Because you're going to lose your client. All they hear is just, you know, it's like the Charlie Brown. Raw, 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 raw. And even though your client likes you, what you told them is not going to help them find the successful position. But if you cue those few little things, all of a sudden they're in the right spot and they're not worried about, again, it, if you can't get them in the right spot, it doesn't matter how much you know. You can sit there and talk about all these different systems and fitness and your body and compensation, composition and you know, tendons, ligaments, muscles. But if you can get them in that right spot and make them strong, then they believe you, then they trust you, and then they think you're really smart. And so it, it can be sometimes hard because we want our clients to think that we're really smart and we want to tell them all the stuff that we know and have learned when they, they don't care. I mean, really, what did I say? Like, if you go home now and you advertise yourself as a DVRT certified trainer, you're not going to get any clients. Nobody really cares what you did over the weekend. They only care how you can apply it and make them better because that's ultimately what we're doing. And it's just, again, I just, I love this stuff so much. I get so jacked up for it. I just, you know, as we're closing up here, my question to you, 
and I think this will be a, kind of an easy answer, is why would you recommend, Lena, why would you recommend a fitness professional, even an enthusiast, to go through a level one and two certification for DVRT? Honestly, I, I think that it opens the door to really impactful, sustainable solutions. Um, it's not a certificate, like, you know, you say it all the time. It, it's not a certification for sandbags. It really um, isn't. That's the funny thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a system of movement. Um, and for me, it was, it was completely game changing in, um, you know, and you use this example a couple of times throughout the weekend. I use it all the time too. It's very much like when all of a sudden Neo sees the matrix in the matrix, it just slows everything down. Um, and you go from jumping from fad to fad and client request to client request and, you know, kicking their butts in 40 seconds to kicking their butts in 50 seconds. Um, to really starting to think about um, what integrated strength looks like, what movement should look and feel like, what sustainability in your joints and in your function look like. Um, and there's just this really, like, I'm going to say easy because I'm actually, I'm not a science oriented person. I'm, I'm, I'm a feelings person. My background is very, you know, I, I'm a kinesthetic learner. Um, I may not be able to eloquently explain all the reasons why certain functional movements work the way they do, but the system is so easy to follow. You have somebody come in, they can't lunge. No problem. I've got 17 other movements that we can swap in there to not only replace the lunge if other people are lunging, but to help work you up to a lunge. And I'm not guessing and I'm not Googling and I'm not, you know, following any kind of like unicorn dreams. It's just all laid out. And there is some nuance and some art in there, which is also fun because it, it can play towards a, um, you know, a fitness professional's own creativity or own um, spin that they put on things, but learning this system will open your eyes to the possibilities of movement in a way that's not you shooting, you know, darts at the wall. I think, I, I don't think I have to say anything else. Thank you. I was going to say, I, I would recommend people to do this so that I can meet you. <laughs> I, I want to meet people. I want to meet people that are uh, passionate about this. And ultimately, I feel like besides being the owner of Fitness Line Down and a DVRT instructor, I think my, my, one of my big purposes is just to help feed the DVRT community. You know, so many people, they get done with these certifications and they got this wealth of information. And it's just almost like sometimes paralysis by analysis, you know, and it is, I, it's a lot of information to be given somebody in two days, but it is a lot of fun. And I mean, they've got the manuals and those manuals are like gold. That's mm -hmm. what they are is there's so much, I continue to revert back to them um, all the time. So having that as a point of reference, and I'm always available for questions, things like this, you know, it's, I want to continue feeding that community because I believe in my heart of hearts that the more that DVRT can be out there for the fitness professionals, it's going to be easier for them as professionals, as experts, it's going to be better for their clients and all around, it's just gonna be better for a better universe. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at with that. And I do have to thank you once again, because for everybody listening, as I mentioned, today is Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. Lena didn't even know she's going to join me today. I'm like, Hey, can you jump on? And I just want to talk about this because it's on my mind and I wanted to, I don't want to wait another week or two. I'm still internalizing everything that happened, but just the amount of experience that we had, how much fun it was. Um, there's all the posts now on Instagram and I'm not even done. Like my phone, <laughs> this is probably the hardest part about having certifications going through my phone and looking at all the pictures and videos and trying to figure out how to, how to get this out there. So, I mean, it'll be a slow process, but um, you did a great job with my phone, taking a lot of videos. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, any parting words, Lena? Uh, any parting words? Um, so the last thing that I can think of is 
if you get the opportunity to attend uh, a DVRT certification live, do it. Even if you've done the level one and or the level two virtually. Um, I did my level one online and I had the joy of assisting Corey um, on you know, a, a level one after that. And the amount that I learned just in that gap between just the information online to the actual practical application that comes with live and with somebody who's had uh, a tremendous amount of experience with a variety of um, clients is immeasurably valuable, is one. And then two, for those of you who are listening who have already gone through level one and level two, and maybe you just went through it this weekend and you are having that moment of like, just blank stare, what do I do next? Um, remember that if you're just introducing this to your clients, they don't need to know the crazy max lunge to power clean that you did on day two right now. You don't have to be ready to explain it to them right now. They're going to start with the basics. And so if you get good at coaching the basics initially, that's what all your clients need at the onset. And so you can continue to work your way through the system. Um, getting comfortable with your coaching, um, but also getting your clients truly foundationally ready um, with them. Heck yeah. All right. Again, I appreciate you so much, Lena. I appreciate you coming up and uh, assisting. I appreciate you jumping on to do this podcast with me. And your insight is always welcome. So definitely thank you. I'll have to look at that sweatshirt though. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe three and you're done now, now that you've put that over my head. Just kidding. So you guys out there, again, you know, we talk about DVRT a lot. Follow us on the Instagrams, on the Facebook. We're all over. Follow Ultimate Sandbag. There's a lot of things going on. Read their blogs. Reach out to us if you have any questions, because I enjoy answering questions as best as I can. So for all of you out there, until the next time that we meet, Godspeed. <laughs>